0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Steven. And Mark. And today, we will be talking about Coded UI and Comet with our special guest, Brandon Minnick. Hey, Brandon. Hi.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me today.
0: Brandon, you're a developer advocate at Microsoft. You work very closely with the developer community and you help fellow mobile app and cloud developers make really cool apps. I've actually, I have i don't even know how much I've lifted from your Git Trans app, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, there's a lot of stuff in there, except for the coded UI. I'm sorry. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe
2: yeah, who knows? Maybe after the show, I will we'll be lifting.
0: Who knows, (laughs) who knows? knows? (laughs) Um, But yeah, we'll definitely touch upon that topic uh, in this podcast, I'm pretty sure. Um, So yeah, look him up. He's on GitHub BR Minic, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He has a lot of cool stuff there and yeah. Why are you here, Brandon? Because we asked you, obviously. But, um, we wanted to talk a bit about Coded UI and, uh, and Comet, as I said in the intro. And you're, well, when it comes to Coded UI, you are one of the go-tos, uh, at least in my book. Um, and one reason for that, uh, just to go a bit all over the place, is the Xamarin Community Toolkit, where I think you've been pretty active in getting the C Sharp for Markup stuff, Back in and up and running and all that, uh, all that good stuff. What what's what's the idea behind that extension, the, the C sharp for markup?
1: Yeah, so kind of so to bring kind of everything full circle. Uh, yes, uh, my name's Brandon Minnick. I work as a developer advocate at Microsoft. Um, I know Stephen and Mark from or for seems like a long time now. Although Mark and I literally just met in person for the first time last week and. So uh, this is, the, I think, the first time I'm chatting with Steven in person, but we'll see. Yeah. Friends on Twitter going <laughs> way back. But yeah, I used to actually work at Xamarin um, back in the day. Then Microsoft acquired us about five, six years ago. And eventually I found my way to the developer advocacy team at Microsoft, which is all about just helping developers. So it's a lot of uh, leading workshops, conference talks. Uh, That's actually where Mark and I were uh, just a couple weeks ago in in Prague at Update Conference giving talks, sharing fun stuff, uh, showing people how they can use the Microsoft tool sets. And and then the other side of that coin is, yeah, a lot of the internal work is also bringing back the feedback from the community. So since I'm out chatting with folks every day, uh, making samples, showing folks how to do it, uh, we also get a lot of feedback about like... Why do you do it like this? And why doesn't this work like how I expected to? So bringing that back to the .NET team and um, basically creating that positive feedback loop so we can keep keep making everything better. Uh, and so, yes, uh, Stephen, you mentioned I have an app called GitTrends. You can find it at uh, gittrends.com. So G-I-T-T-R-E-N-D-S.com. And it'll help you manage all of your GitHub repos. So if you're like me and have hundreds of GitHub repos, uh, Git Trends will help you know which ones are getting traffic. So views, clones, stars, and then it'll even send you push notifications if one of your repos is trending. It kind of let you know, like, like, hey, Mark, remember that library you created two years ago that you haven't touched the code for in a while? A lot of people are visiting it and <laughs> you might want to go check it out. Uh, and, and yeah, so Git Trends is all written in C Sharp. There's no XAML. And like you said, Stephen, that takes advantage of what's known as the C-sharp markup extensions. So um, that was kind of a long answer to your question is what what is this NuGet package? Um, You can find it for Xamarin. It's called uh, Xamarin Community Toolkit Markups. And we're also publishing it for .NET MAUI. So you can find that at communitytoolkit.maui.markup. And basically it's just a fluent, C sharp syntax that allows you to create all your UIs in C sharp in just an easier way. So for those of those of you listening that might not know, you don't need to use XAML for Xamarin forms. What? Um, <laughs> what? You're
2: telling me this now?
1: What? <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's funny. I uh, so I never knew XAML before joining Xamarin. Uh, that's actually when I joined Xamarin and saw that you could do everything in C-sharp for iOS and Android apps, I was like, oh, it's great, because I already know C-sharp. I don't have to learn Swift, Objective-C. I mean, JavaScript is the same thing, but um, let's check this out. And so I started using Xamarin Forms in C-sharp, because that was the whole value proposition of Xamarin back in the day, and arguably still is today with .NET MAUI. And so I never really saw the need to do anything in XAML. And then slowly, as I became more accustomed with the Xamarin world, and I learned that most people do create their UIs in XAML. And to be honest, I never have understood that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well, I mean, I, I for me, it was like, I originally came from the Microsoft Windows desktop world, and I was just like forced into this WPF space. And I was a junior back then, I just needed to the I just needed the money at the end of the month, so yeah, uh, just <laughs> sign me up. I'll learn whatever I need to, and so so I started out with XAML. and I, I heard uh, I don't know maybe maybe you can confirm this, but originally when Xamarin Forms came out, I mean Xamarin Forms came out with XAML support from day one, but I heard it was actually not intended to have Xamarin Forms support like from the get go, so that was like an uh, like an after thing that was attached.
1: Is that so... true? <laughs> so I. Uh... Let's see, we'd have to jump back and look at what would that be? Version 1.0 of the XamarinForms NuGet package. But I believe it shipped with no XAML. And then XAML was added later. Hmm. And so yeah, that was <laughs> when you when you think oh, yeah. about Xamarin Forms, most I would argue most people think XAML, but yeah, that wasn't even part of the original plan. But I should caveat all that with Xamarin Forms wasn't even supposed to be what it ended up being, well, I shouldn't say it like that, it wasn't initially designed to be this um, high performance, production quality, cross-platform UI framework. Um, back when it was first created, it was literally just supposed to be a quick prototyping tool. So back before Xamarin Forms, you always had to, and you still can, um, create your iOS storyboards, create your Android XML files, and you always had to make your UI separately. And... Uh, Jason Smith, who was the lead engineer at Xamarin back in the day, or lead engineer on Xamarin Forms back in the day, uh, was just like, hey, I am just I just want to put a button on the screen. Like, why do I have to do that separately? And so he kind of wrote this UI abstraction layer that when it compiles down to iOS, it'll put a UI button on the screen. When it compiles down to Android, it'll put an Android widget button on the screen. And you only had to write that code once. And so, yeah, Xamarin Forms, is, it's definitely come a long way from V1 because it was originally meant to be something you could just use to kind of slap together a quick prototype, show it off to your customers, and then they'd say, okay, yeah, that looks pretty good. Now go make a real app. Um, but then, yeah, we basically got feedback from folks that they were pushing their Xamarin Forms apps to the app stores. And we started getting uh, requests Anxious. to... <laughs> 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 well, yeah, like requests like, hey, how come my app's launching so slowly? And It's like, oh, oh. Oh, I I guess you we put that to that. the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you were supposed to do that. But uh, it's one of those things. And I mean, I definitely wasn't a part of any of this decision making. Uh, but credit to the team, the leadership and Xamarin, to, instead of doubling down and saying, no, 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 this is just for quick prototyping. You're you're using it wrong. You know, the old, uh, what was that, the iPhone 4 that had the antenna problems. And yeah. the answer is just, nope, <laughs> you're, you're holding it wrong. Move your fingers. Uh, Right. So instead of doubling down on this, uh, recognizing that there's this whole opportunity, people really want this. So let's make it, let's give it to them. And I also think that's where XAML comes in. Because uh, like you said, Mark, a lot of C Sharp UI developers, especially desktop developers are familiar with XAML. Uh, And so to kind of bring them into the fold kind of ease the learning curve a little bit <laughs> if you're already used to xaml mvvm then let's make sure they have that that onboarding ramp but yeah then it quickly took off to be oh i don't know what the numbers are nowadays but it it used to be something like 70 80 percent of xamarin developers use xaml i wouldn't be surprised if it's in the 90 percent nowadays but I'm, I'm still one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> still one of the few. Yeah, but but
2: you, say, you say you never really learned XAML up to this day. And it's just like, why 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 would you recommend using code over XML? And by XML, I mean the HTMLs, the XAMLs. I mean, in the end, it's all these angle bracket ways of writing UI. I mean, but why, why would you encourage us to to see the lights and write it all in, in the ways C <laughs> yes. sharp developers were meant to write it? I don't
1: know. <laughs> so the i think the the biggest reason is the learning curve so if if we have any xamarin developers out there listening like you know xamarin's not easy to get up to speed on i mean you have to learn ios you have to learn android uh for xamarin forms you've got to learn mvvm and with.net now you got to learn async await and, and version of control and how to use dependency injection and service locators and then there's things like custom renderers. So the, I'm like already learning. lost. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the learning curve for Xamarin, Xamarin. Forms is already really steep. And then we say, oh, and by the way, here's a whole other language called XAML. Learn that. And that, that's the part that's never made sense to me because I'm like, well, wait a minute. The whole point of this was Xamarin was, I could do everything in C Sharp. Um, so with, with XAML, yeah, you have this whole other language you have to learn. And then the syntax really isn't great. Um, Like the tools have come a long way, like Visual Studios, IntelliSense, gosh, just five years ago was painful to use with XAML. Um, Mm -hmm. XAML uh, XAML also was not compiled ahead of time and technically it still isn't. Um, Parts of it are. The XAML compiler compiles most your XAML um, but it doesn't compile all of it. And so XAML is interpreted at runtime, which means your UI code is going to run slower than the same code written in C-sharp. And so between yeah, learning a whole new language, um, you'll get a little bit of a performance boost if you, if you write your code in C-sharp. And then there's just all the things in C-sharp that we know and love that we can take advantage of. Like with XAML, you can't really reuse any of it. Um, You you can't inherit a XAML class, for example. Uh, Like you couldn't have a base XAML page, whereas you you can do that in C-sharp, so you can create those reusable components. Um, You don't have to worry about your bindings because in C-sharp, even though we're still using MVVM, in C sharp, you don't have to essentially hard code a string for your your bindable properties. So you can actually reference the properties in your view model using name of, instead of hard coding anything, which makes refactoring a lot easier. So like if you ever wanted to rename that view model property, um, you can just right click refactor in visual studio and then it'll be updated in all of your C sharp views. Whereas in XAML, maybe, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's, there's tools to help with that, but um, I think the fact that there's tools to help you with the XAML shows or says something about XAML, but, um, but yeah, so <laughs> if we go all the way full circle back to um, the C-sharp markup extensions, um, those are super, super helpful for anybody creating their UIs in C-sharp um, because... If you think about how your, your XAML reads, um, it's very much top to bottom on how everything will appear on the page. So you kind of say, I'm gonna do a stack layout. And so as you're reading down your XAML and the first layout you see a stack layout, you go, okay, everything in here is gonna be stacked one on top of each other. And then you know, you'll see your, your labels, your buttons, whatever you're putting in your stack layout. Uh, whereas in C-sharp, before these, <laughs> these extension methods came out, you, you had to new everything up first. It's C-sharp code, right? So you would say like var button equals new button uh, and then set all its properties. So texts and its bindings and they would be like var label equals new label. And then it wasn't until you got down to the bottom of your constructor where you would say the content equals. So the content for your content page equals new stack layout and then you could pop in all your buttons and your labels as children. And that was always one of the Biggest complaints I heard from SAML developers is like, I don't like the way it reads because I can't read it, basically top to bottom, left to, left to right. Which, I get that, <laughs> but but yeah, with the with the markup extensions, since uh, it's this fluent syntax, so they're they're just extension methods that return the object, so you can say things like, um, let's say new button, open, close, parenthesis, dot, um, font, and that'll be a method. And then you can set, like, the text is bold or italic. Um, And so you can basically have these methods chained together, and because they just return themselves each time, you can chain them one on top of each other. And so now your C Sharp can read, at the very top, you can specify the content for the content page is a stack layout. And then the children in that stack layout is going to be a new button a new label and you can do all the bindings uh kind of that configuration in line so it just really impo- improves that that readability which is why i yeah i've gone back and refactored almost all my apps that uh didn't have it before once i saw this i was like i need that let's do it
2: <laughs> okay so this this sounds seriously cool Stephen. I think he's winning me over here. I'm just just, just saying it. I, I think I'll actually have to try this out as soon as this I episode think,
0: ends. I think it would be good if you started off without the extensions, just so you can share the you pain. Mean, like that feel feel the pain, health. feel the pain and then say and I saw light. And then improve you know? your life. Yeah. With... But,
2: but so so you can actually, you don't really, you don't have to use the markup extensions, uh, the, 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 the extra dependency. You don't have to do that, but it's just like, you're really missing out if you're not using them. So it would just become a lot clearer when you write your code because you can actually read from the top to the bottom. And I, I remember when, when I started out programming, I mean, I was I was that was even before WPF. I mean, I was I was starting out with Java and you had like these swing UIs, I think it was called back in the day, and, and you just like wrote all your UIs also in code and that was no joy. I'll, I'll just put it like that. You yeah. had like some buttons at the top, then you put it at the bottom. Maybe it was just me also inexperienced and all that, but but I had I don't have the best memories uh, thinking back to those. W- one question I still have, I mean, you have written real world applications using C Sharp uh, for, for your UIs. Is there like any risk that you fall into bad patterns like mixing up uh, business logic with UI logic or?
1: No. Um, so... That's, that was the funniest thing to me is uh, usually when I tell people that I do my UIs in C-sharp, uh, yeah, one of the questions I get is, but then how do you separate your view from your view model? And I'm just like, the same way you do it if your UI is written in XAML? Uh, like, they're different <laughs> classes. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, you, you create your content page and instead of having everything done in in XAML, you just do it all in, oh, in the constructor of the C-sharp content page. And in there is, we're still setting all your bindings. So everything's still MVVM, 100%. Um, you know, there's definitely debate regardless of XAML and C-sharp about what goes in your view and your view model. Um, I'll throw this out there to say, I like if something touches the UI thread, I keep that in my view. Uh, I think the folks that say, don't put anything in your code behind kind of put this unnecessary restriction upon themselves. But, uh, you know, they're not wrong. They're just... (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of extra code written to avoid putting anything in this code behind file. And so when you start talking about creating your UIs in code, I've noticed the first thing XAML developers will start associating that with is code behind. And I'm like, no, 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 there's there's no code behind. It's just just code. Uh, So you don't have to have that kind of similar mindset anymore. And and yeah, things like uh, uh, subscribing to events uh, makes it a lot easier. Handling navigation becomes a lot easier uh, because you can actually just subscribe to that button click if the, if the button's only meant to navigate to a page, just subscribe to it in that view and call navigate async um, in, the, in the click handler instead of, what I've seen a lot of people do is have that button bound to a command in the view model and either navigate from the view model, which is view model based navigation, which again, isn't wrong, it's not my cup of tea, because that requires a UI thread, so I don't put UI thread code in my view models. Or I've seen I've seen apps where uh, developers have written just hundreds, if not thousands, of lines of code to have like a their own navigation service and kind of work around these limitations in XAML. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel I feel I feel um
2: in the spotlight right now the heat is on, like, <laughs> I might I might have done a few buttons with the commands invoking a navigation service. Yes, I should show myself out as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a lot of stuff uh, becomes sometimes easier, and I think uh, it's also, I mean, when you look back at the MVVM stuff, I think sometimes it also comes from a time before there was Xamarin Forms. So, what you had in your view models and it was abstracted away from the platform. So that means. You could then have the same navigation logic across multiple platforms as long as they share the same paradigmas and blah blah. But that's really going down memory lane there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so I think with Xamarin.Forms, it's like abstracted away for us from us. And I've I've always thought like for me, um, I for me, it's like code behind is okay as long as you do stuff that interacts with the view. So I usually like to have some code in my code behind if that's needed because. You can do sometimes the same stunts, I call them, with XAML, but it's just like so much to write and so little that is gained from it. So, yeah, I, I, I think i share your view there. And I have done, in the past, I've also written some UIs uh, using C-sharp code. Uh, when I, iOS for Xamarin comes to mind, where, where I've written some like that. And there are some very interesting patterns. I don't know if, if you also encounter them like you can... Uh, design your own buttons and then you can like have a little fa- factory method and then you can just get them back and then you can reuse it everywhere. And I, I thought that was quite cool to do that.
1: Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite things. And I don't, I don't write a lot of XAML, uh, but sometimes you have to, like you mentioned <laughs> working on the Xamarin community toolkit, the .NET MAUI community toolkit, that sample app is all in XAML. So uh, I oblige, although I did, I did sneak in some C-sharp markup extensions into the new .NET MAUI How toolkit dare you. sample. How dare you, sir? Hey, the team, they approved it. <laughs> they merged it. <laughs> it's just, there. I just threw it out there. Well,
0: So they didn't look,
1: basically. <laughs> well, no, it was... So kind of going back to that, um, you can't really create or inherit from XAML. And so we have all these, what we call them gallery pages in the sample app. So the... Xamarin Community Toolkit, the .NET MAUI Community Toolkit, it has, for anybody that hasn't heard of it, yeah, there's uh, all sorts of goodies in there for Xamarin developers, like those converters that you're probably copy-pasting between all of your Xamarin Forms apps, uh, behaviors, uh, some custom UI views, extension methods you can take advantage of. And um, and so we, we have this sample app that shows them all off. And so there will be like this we call them gallery pages, which is just a list of like all of the converters that we have, all the behaviors we have, all the views we have. And it's the same page. But what I found was that XAML code was just copy, pasted, copy, pasted, copy, pasted. And then if you wanted to tweak one of them, then you had to go back and edit all of them, (laughs) even though they're the same page, but they're bound to a different view model. um, And they have slightly different text. Like I think, Literally, just the title <laughs> was different. Um, so, yeah, I just made a, uh, I just did an abstract class that's a content page. Uh, did that all in uh, C sharp with the C sharp markup extensions. And now, if you take a look at the gallery pages in the Maui Community Toolkit, all it is is you just inherit from that base gallery page. And the base gallery page just requires a, a string for its constructor to know what its title is supposed to be. And then I made it so you just pass in the type of the view, of the view model, and then everything else will just automatically happen. Okay. So yeah, that that reusability. Um, so something I've also found <laughs> uh, interesting is before using XAML, like I've, I never really used converters uh, I never really used styles, and I I never really understood them uh, because in look, you know, like, so in the C sharp world, um, if I want to have a a button that is styled the same way through the the app, I just create a class called like purple button that inherits from button, and then I can set all the properties on it. Um, so like that's my stylized button. And then in my C sharp code, yeah, I just say new purple button. Um, uh, likewise with converters. Oh man, converters are the worst because uh, <laughs> just you, if you if you have never made a converter before, you have to uh, implement a a whole interface. Uh, what's it? I value converter, and then you have to understand like I value converter takes in like. Uh, a couple parameters, but it's not type based, so it's all it's like object value um, type parameter. It's it's really weird. Uh, I remember the first time trying to create a converter, just like none of this is intuitive. Um, but with with the C sharp markup extensions, you can in your binding. So let's say I'm creating a button, and I want to bind. Uh, let's say is enabled and it's going to be dependent on the text of a label. So it I would say new button, then I would say dot bind, and then I would enter in the binding information for um, is visible. So I would say um, button dot is visible property, comma, this is all part of the binding method. Uh, I would say name of, and then this is where I'd be binding to the text in my view model, so I'd say name of label text, and then I would just say convert colon, so there's a convert parameter that you can just punch it in right there. So I would just say convert colon, and then it would say text goes to, so like text lambda, and then say I want the button to be enabled as long as the text is longer than eight characters. Like maybe it's a we're checking a password length or something. Um, so you just say text goes to uh, text dot length greater than eight, and and that's it. Like I didn't have to create a I value converter. I didn't have to do anything strange. It's just literally inline the converters in C sharp. Just exactly what you wanted and. And so what I've what I've kind of found is there's a lot of there's a lot of ceremony around XAML that is all kind of there because XAML wasn't originally intended to do what we're using it for now. Like it was if you go back in the day, like it was just supposed to be like a static markup language. And they're like, yeah, but what if we want to use it to and allow the user to interact with it? And I'm like, oh shoot. Well like well, that's kind of where bindings came in. And then, yeah, if you want to, what if I want to stylize my labels? Well, create styles. And like, what if I want to get a binding back, but it's not exactly what I want, but it's based on what I want. It's like, okay, well, those we'll call those converters. Uh, and so it just kind of like grew with all these bolted on additions. And yeah, it's funny because like I said, I would never really had to worry about those in C-sharp.
0: Yeah, well, it, it 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 pains me to hear you say styles aren't great because I'm I'm all about the styling, but uh, I I can definitely see where where you're coming from.
1: And and you can still use them in C sharp, by the way. <laughs> I should say everything that you 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 can do in XAML, you can do in C sharp, um, and quite literally because your XAML is turned into C sharp after you write it. So it's, true, it's C sharp powering your XAML, which is also kind of ironic that not more folks use C-sharp.
0: <laughs> well, it, I guess it also, like if if you're doing the, the subclassing route um, to to define your styles, like you said, with purple button and whatever, like a, a style, I'm, I'm very quickly tempted to just copy paste it, change one little thing and there you go. We have a new style for something new. Whereas I think if you're doing it in code, it makes you think a bit more about that, I guess. Maybe that's just me, but... I can imagine yeah. that happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, anytime we're writing C Sharp in general, and you start finding yourself like either copy pasting something or reusing something like reusing that code in a couple different places, that's when you start thinking, just like, oh, maybe, maybe there should be like a base class or like, how could I reuse this code? And it kind of opens up new ways of uh, definitely writing your UIs when you want to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so one, one thing I was still wondering, like is, is there any SAML, obviously hot reload, we love it, but is, is there any
1: similar <laughs> thing when we're doing code or are so,
0: we still stuck in the build deploy dev loop?
1: That's, that's always been the silver bullet. Um, that's the one thing that when you know, when it comes down to it and going back and forth with somebody who's telling me that I should do SAML and I'm telling them that they should use C Sharp, and they're like, yeah, but you don't have XAML Hot Reload. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, um, kind of hot off the presses, .NET 6 just came out. And that has C Sharp Hot Reload. And so it's it's still pretty new. Um, I, I've used it a little bit. It's great when it works. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, you know, just C Sharp's complicated. I assume, <laughs> I assume Hot Reload <laughs> will get better. But yeah, there's millions of edge cases out there um that it has to just try and like figure out on the fly but uh, yeah that's uh that's always been the one thing i wish we had in c-sharp but um it is out now and you know, the, you know the reason behind it is or the reason behind why XAML hot reload's been out for so long and why c-sharp hot reload took years later to finally come about is, like we were saying earlier, XAML is interpreted at runtime. So just like with your HTML code, you can hot swap it because you can just basically scan the XAML again, reinterpret it, display it on the page, and nothing really has to be recompiled. Uh, That's a gross simplification. Uh, (laughs) The (laughs) the folks on the XAML hot reload team put a lot of work into that. It wasn't easy. But... Um, yeah, with C sharp, C sharp's always ahead of time compiled, um, and so step one. Uh, I remember back in the day when we were working on hot reload stuff. Well, when the engineering team was working on hot reload stuff, I went to steal their thunder, take credit from them. Uh, like step one was literally, we need a mono interpreter. Like, how, how are we going to interpret C sharp at runtime? That doesn't exist yet. So uh team had to start from almost zero create a whole C# sharp interpreter and that's really what's finally found its way into .net and and yeah so over the next iterations i i can see it getting a lot lot better but yeah when uh when i've had the opportunity to do some like xaml stuff and use use hot reload oh it's nice
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it is it is i th- i think that might be the one
2: thing that that might then still, yeah, put a, put a dent in the entire experience when, when trying out this code itself. I'll still do it. I'll still do it, Brandon. Um, <laughs> you, you, you have won me over here. Uh, but it's just like, it's so nice when you have this live life preview. And I think, as you said, I mean, the, the Mono team, they wrote the interpreter so you can interpret it. C sharp? A lot of interpretation going on here. And... Um, so, so that's also been used by Blazor as far as I understand. So Blazor was a long time not compiled ahead of time, but it was actually running on this little tiny interpreter written by the Mono team. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they can now reuse uh, this uh, Mono interpreter, also mobile devices, and then we have so much fun. But yeah, um, that that truly will be something I'll be missing out on. Now, during the introduction, Stephen already mentioned it. And it, there seems to be this Outer space experience going on <laughs> as a as a side hobby project uh, by some people in the uh, Maui team, and it's it's the Comet project. So so what's that all about, and how does that fit into this entire coded approach that you've
1: been? Yeah, so Comet is really cool. Um, I think uh, if we if we zoom out just a little bit, uh, one of the cool things about Maui is they basically re-architected Xamarin.Forms. So everything is based on interfaces now in .NET MAUI. And so while if you're using MAUI and XAML or C-sharp markup extensions, it'll, it'll look and feel a lot like Xamarin.Forms, but if you peek under the hood and take a look at the source code, which I really encourage everybody to do, you'll see this whole interface layer that now separates this UI framework. So what we would know as our our XAML um, from the platform-specific implementations. And so what that allows us to do is basically allow other UI frameworks to be built on top of MAUI. And that's basically what Comet is. So Comet does use MAUI. So the same, uh, like say, handling engine, <laughs> uh, all that code that takes your in MAUI, everything's an interface, so your I button and turns it into a, a UI button on iOS. Um, all that platform-specific code uh, can be leveraged from MAUI, and you just kind of got to plug in to all these new interfaces, and you can create a whole new UI framework. And so Comet's doing that, and what's really cool with Comet is it uses the MVU architecture, model view update, and then keeping the theme of today going, Yes, it's all um, C sharp fluent syntax UIs as well. Uh huh. Uh
2: huh. uh -huh. So, so what is this (laughs) MVU? So you said MVU before model view update. So, so how does that compare to roughly to MVVM?
1: And what's is it better? Is it newer? Is it? uh, sure. Uh, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you're going to get a different answer from anybody you ask, right? But. uh... Yeah, with, with model view update, you can kind of think of it as there's almost like one observable object. Uh, I mean, you can have more, but uh, the simplest sense, you kind of have a state for your UI. Um, so if you think about yeah, you know, we're talking about um, having a password and a button, and maybe, so yeah, let's picture like a login page. So username, password, button. Um, there's really only a couple states that that UI can ever be in. Um, either the uh, the text boxes are filled and they meet the criteria and the button's enabled, or they're not. And so the way Model View Update works is anytime that uh, something, say something on your page changes. Um, you can just update the state all at once. Um, so what model view update does is it will redraw, well, we'll say redraw, I'm doing that in air quotes for everybody <laughs> <laughs> who can't see me. Uh, it'll redraw the UI every time. So let's say uh, somebody is entering text and the text length finally gets above eight. And so that changes the state. Um, so we could essentially redraw the UI to where the button's enabled. Um, I don't know if that was the best example, but basically um, <laughs> you have your your model, which is the state of your UI. Um, you have your view, which is yeah, your buttons, your labels, your text boxes. And then update is that loop that triggers that essentially, essentially redraws the UI on the screen, um, which just to dive into that for a second, sounds crazy. Um, I thought it was wild the first time I heard it because I was like, there's no way it can do that without dropping frames. Uh, it's gonna be redrawing the UI all the time. Good question. The UI is gonna be constantly updating, flickering. My app's gonna be slow. Uh, turns out it's not. <laughs> it turns <laughs> out you can do it. Uh, I mean, if you think about how powerful smartphones are nowadays, uh, it's really not a problem for you to do it. Plus there's kind of a, like a diffing engine so you can look at what's changed and what actually needs to be updated but um, yeah, so the so the whole UI gets updated, and what this allows us to do is basically you, you get rid of your view model, um, and if you think about it, it gets rid of a lot of duplicate code. Uh, so, for example, let's say um, yeah, let's say you have this profile page. And so you probably have a model somewhere in your MVVM code called User, which probably contains first name, last name, birthday, age, uh, all the all those properties that appear on the screen. Um, so what you what we do in MVVM, we take all those properties and split them out into our view model. So now our view model has its own property for first name, its own property for last name, its own property for age, uh, and we've essentially duplicated our model interview model, um, and with MVU, we don't really have to do that anymore. Um, we don't have to necessarily have all these different bindable properties because uh, all we have to really worry about is like what, what's the state of our of our app? like What's actually gonna trigger the UI to update? Um, so we can have certain things like we were saying earlier, like if the length of the password text changes, then we can update the UI or uh, certain triggers like that. So you can almost picture uh, it's. it kind of looks like uh, if you check out uh, the sample code on Comet, which, by the way, Comet is in the .NET repo. So if you go to github.com slash .NET slash Comet, everybody can check out the code. Uh, and Yeah, if you look at the sample apps in there, you'll see it's almost kind of similar to what you might remember with MVC um, with just tighter code, but I feel like I'm just not, I'm not doing it justice, but yeah. So (laughs) MVU, you're gonna be writing less code and because everything is state-based, we don't have to necessarily worry about, mm, what's a better way to put it? It's gonna be a lot easier to test. So if we think about testing, unit testing view models, uh, if we have a Boolean in our view model, well that Boolean can be true or false. Uh, and then if we add another boolean that could also be true or false and so we've just been, we've just reached four different states because you could have true 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 false false true false false um, you throw another a string in there well that's like an infinite thing number of cases you have to test um, and because the state of your view model could be any combination of the properties that exist in it and so I think that's something we kind of have forgotten about um, is that state-based programming. Whereas if if you just had like a, a Boolean, um, or maybe an enum is a better word. So let's say we have an enum just called is login page complete and has one value yes and another value no. Well, when the login page is complete and we change it to yes, then every time it's yes, then the button's enabled and maybe the background color changes. And so it's very specific states. And so when you start thinking about testing your app, you don't have to worry about like, oh, but what if the user enters this in, but this button's already toggled, but this one's toggled on, and then they do this because uh, your, your MVVM view model can get in all sorts of weird states uh, depending on how you let the user use it. That we have to put these guardrails up for, so we'll say like, no, if the user does this, then we'll hide this or block this. Whereas with uh, MVU, since everything is state-based programming, uh, you can basically just say, all right, we're either going to be uh, login page enabled or disabled, or or what it might be, and that's all we'll have to test. So it'll it'll simplify a, a ton of code. Um, we don't have to essentially reduplicate our models and our view models anymore because the models will exist, but the view models don't have to. And then what's really cool is because you have this feedback loop where um, the UI is basically updating and almost triggering on these state changes, well, you can do crazy things like not have any business logic in your app. Uh, all your business logic could live in say a GraphQL backend that you're subscribing to, or maybe even something like SignalR, which folks might be familiar with that um, kind of that pub sub subscription kind of event-based model where you could have your backend passing in this data and then your UI just updates based on whatever comes in. (laughs) And so uh, I haven't tried it yet, but (laughs) was just talking with uh, Michael Stabe, one of the creators of hot chocolate, strawberry shake, chili cream, all those fun tools um, about like, yeah, let's try to make like a common app that uses a GraphQL backend and the app itself has just no logic in it. It just knows when the state changes, I'm going to update the UI according to how I've defined that state. And that... That is really exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah that that sounds that sounds like something I definitely would want to check out. And uh, yeah, f- thank you very much for, for explaining me this MVU stuff because I think it's a pattern that is not only new in the comment space. It's not been uh, designed by the .NET Maui team right now. Uh, that's going on. It's it's been actually also used in different uh, places. If I'm not mistaken, it's also in React, the uh, JavaScript front end uh, framework, which also Relies very heavily on these uh, observable states and this event-based way of how to write a, a front end and how you manage state. And I think it's it's something really cool, and I hope it's something we will be able to revisit on this show in the future. Uh, so,
1: yeah, yeah, no, me too. Um, yeah, so that's that's an important point. So MBU might be new to us, living in the C sharp world. But like you said, Mark, it's already being used by millions of developers around the world. It's kind of actually probably I would argue the go-to framework for um, yeah like React developers, Flutter developers. They're all already using MVU. So this is one of those tried and tested frameworks that in the .NET world we just haven't really had that killer MVU framework yet, and so. I'm really hoping that's what Comet becomes. Right now it is still considered experimental. It's kind of something to play around with. Don't necessarily publish your app store apps uh, using Comet (laughs) yet. But you know what used to be experimental? Blazor. And now Blazor is one of the most popular .NET tools. So uh, I think the more we can get the word out about Comet and get people trying it out and uh, doing demos and kind of get that buzz going, like, that happened around blazer once people saw him and were like this is amazing uh that's almost exactly what i said when i saw a comment as well so yeah i uh, highly encourage everybody to go to github.com slash dot net slash comment and try it out and let the team know what you think
2: that's that's super awesome thank you very much brandon and i think this kind of brings us to the end of our show so what's up for you next brandon where, where are you heading where can people meet you
1: well, uh, I'm actually in Oslo right now. Uh, there's an amazing conference called NDC Oslo that happens every year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be chosen as a speaker. So I'll be speaking this week at NDC Oslo. Um, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is The Code Traveler. And check out, I've got a podcast going called 8 Bits. So the number 8 B I T S. And you can check it out at 8bits.tv.
2: We will be sure to put all the links into our show notes so people can get a hand of you. And uh, I'm, I'm afraid this show will air after NDC Oslo has passed, but uh, you're on the interwebs. I'm sure people will be able to catch you there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they record all the sessions. So if you ever if ever bored, you ever feel bored and need more amazing, uh, cool talks and you want to check out everything from NDC Oslo, They've got a whole YouTube page where you can find everything from every year. So nobody's missing out.
0: What else do you need, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, that wraps up this episode on Coded UI and Comet. We've been your hosts, Stephen Tehuysen. And Mark Arnebohm. And our guest has been Brandon Minnick. Let us know if you have any questions or other things. We are on the Twitterverse as well, just as Brandon Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Stay safe. And until next week on All Pointers.